Hi, Matt Levitt here. Hey, thanks for joining. Today we're going to be talking a little bit about the different solopreneur company structures. And I recently had a lunch, uh, just the other day I had lunch with a gentleman that I've known for several years and we, I know he's working in a corporate position and he's thinking about, you know, starting his own business. He's has an entrepreneurial spirit. Um, you know, when you take somebody who has an entrepreneurial spirit, doesn't necessarily mean they have to leave their corporate structure and go, um, go out on their own and go, uh, build their own business. And I, and that's the thing that, you know, some corporate structures are very, uh, well set up when you have an employment contract, they're very well set up for an individual to explore their, uh, the, you know their ability to work within constraints of a of a corporate structure and still have that entrepreneurial spirit and I love companies like that they're usually smaller or mid sized but also I've noticed it in larger corporations that have uh, the development of divisions and they're working on uh, developing out new uh, products concepts uh, new uh, ways of doing business etc and that entrepreneurial spirited type of person can do very well in that category. But let's break down the four basic type of self-employment options that a person may have outside of a corporate structure where you truly have uh, your own time freedom, you truly have the ability to go uh, build what you want to go build, to do what you want to go do. And what we're looking at essentially is we're looking at Number one, an independent contractor. Uh, number two would be a direct sales type person. Number three would be a franchisee. And number four would be somebody who just starts their own company, sets up their own corporation, has their own product, service, startup, whatever you might call it. And then um, we're hearing a lot about people who are saying, well, I'm, I don't know that mine fits in any one of those categories. I have a gig, I have a side hustle. Well, truly, it's probably going to be one of those four that you're doing your gig through or your side hustle, uh, because I know people who own franchises who do that as a side hustle to get out from underneath. Uh, maybe they're not making what they want to be making and they have no way of increasing uh, their security and their uh, statistical income that they're making at where they are. And so they're going to have to get a second job or they're going to build a side hustle uh, to be able to get around it. So a side hustle is going to fall into one of those probably four categories. And by the way, if you come up with other categories that you'd like uh, to share, please go right ahead. I'm always open to ideas. I'm always, I know that my way is not the highway. I know that my way is a way uh, because it's worked for me, but I'm also knowing that my way is a way that is constantly growing and changing and developing. In fact, um, a lot of the information that I see and hear in books that I read, uh, I, I notice and recognize that today, maybe I read the book 30 years ago and I read it today and I'm thinking, ah, you know, good information, it's classic, it's good stuff. But boy, there's a lot more to what's going on than this person was writing about 30 years ago. But please understand that a lot of these concepts and ideas um, have been around for decades upon decades upon decades and even hundreds of years, <laughs> believe it or not. But let's focus today backing into this in the solopreneur structure that we see most likely in today's market. And that is, number one, is an independent contractor. Now, I, I've talked often about me starting my own business when I was 11 years old. 
That indeed I did. And that was my own business. That was number four of the four that I mentioned. I had my own product or service. I had a startup business called Levitt Lawns. That was the name of it. It was a DBA. It was never incorporated. And, you know, and I was a young kid and I just, you know, got uh, paid for doing work for people. And, uh, but it was a wonderful business and experience for me. And thank goodness I had that and was encouraged to, um, and my mother encouraged me to do it after I asked to borrow the lawnmower to mow other people's lawn, provided the fact that, you know, it's give and take. Uh, I was able to, if I was going to take the lawnmower and put wear and tear on it, I had to give back. And that give back was, in this case, I mowed our lawn as the youngest of six children. I'm the one that took care of our lawn uh, from that point on at no uh, uh, with, with the expectation of not getting paid because I had to use the lawnmower. I was basically, that was my rent for using the lawnmower. So back to solopreneur structures for self-employment options that people really have today. And they're pretty basic, but they're very well understood when you start to break this down and understand an independent contractor, also known as like a 1099 contractor is somebody who works independently under a contract and they're typically not somebody, and I know this is very, uh, uh, you know, um, first grade material you might be saying, but, but think about it and understand it because the type of business that you have, the quickest way to get people to, um, to, to, to bring people in to help assist you in building your business is to hire contractors. Uh, because there's no, I mean, there's a commitment for the job that they need to do in order for them to get paid. But a lot of times you're not going to be out anything if they don't perform. Um, so, for example, in, in an, if I were to set up a company and have independent contractors, those independent contractors are going to be doing what? They're going to be driving top line. They're going to be out producing sales and finding revenue or I'm going to be paying somebody as a contractor to do some work for me, such as set up a website, such as write some blogs, uh, you name it. They're working as independent contractors. And sometimes these are short term and sometimes they're long term. By the way, I had my first, I signed my first independent contractor uh, contract when I was 19 years old. And that was with an insurance and a financial services company. And that gave me the ability to introduce their products under their guidelines. Now, you're generally, when you're an independent contractor for a company, you're generally going to reserve the right to, um, the company will reserve the right to be able to terminate you at any time. Understand that, that's typically how a, a large company puts together independent contractors. And they have terms of an agreement, and they also have policy and procedures that you would need to follow. So given the right, um, given the right to represent their products and services, you're also going to be following certain terms of the agreement and certain policy and procedures. So please understand that. Now, typically as an independent contractor, if you're an independent contractor for a company, the investment is usually nothing or very low, if anything. 
So I'm going to have no investment to get started as an insurance agent. I basically had no investment to get started. In my case, I had to pay for my insurance license and and then I had to pay for my securities license. But the moment that I got those, I was in business to be able to represent the products that the company had. And I went through their training processes and I went through what they had to offer as a company. And I was able to start building and developing a business. Phenomenal, great way to go and learn and build and, and, and start a business. Look for them. Independent contract. Become an independent contractor, I would say, many times before you want to go actually start a business. Unless you have a business with a product and an idea and you've already gone down the road where you've worked for companies or you've been an independent contractor or you've done franchise work or something before, I would encourage you before you start your own company to, you know, Go out and get an independent contractor arrangement so that you can learn the ropes of how these companies are working with people and teaching people and guiding them. I am so thankful from the age of 19 to 23 that I worked as an independent contractor in the insurance and investment world because at the, <laughs> at the age of 23, uh, I started my own company uh, and uh, quickly brought in a business partner and he and I built... Uh, a business, I would have had no idea how to go do that um, had I not had that independent contractor experience. But as a result of that, then later on in life, and by the way, I've worked all four of these uh, areas that I that I want to share with you. And uh, I went I went on and became a direct salesperson. I, I took a position after I started this company and I and I turned it over or sold it to my business partner. I was then I then took a, a position part time as a part time gig uh, doing direct sales, becoming uh, building a direct sales uh, business. And by the way, a direct sales business in that case, typically you're going to have a very low investment. So uh, yes, technically there's an independent contractor agreement that's tied to a direct salesperson, but it's a little bit different in the respect that with a direct sales business and a direct sales um, opportunity, some people call it network marketing or multi-level marketing. Uh, you know, it's called all kinds of things. It's a big business, and there are a lot of companies that are very successful nationally in the United States and around the world by offering direct salespeople. And the difference is, is that you will have an investment. There is an investment required to become a member of a direct sale company. And that's because of some of the tools that they set up. And it just has to do with the structure that they have set up within the business model. Now, you don't have to uh, go out here and, and invest a large sum of money like you would in, say, a franchise situation, which we'll talk about next. But the good news is there is a ton of training opportunities in the direct sell arena. And there's, a, 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 you know, usually an incentive to build and develop other recruits um, and build a team. So you usually have two focuses in a direct sell arena, and that is you are not only offering product and services, but you have an opportunity to go build a team and earn residual or overrides on that team, which is usually different uh, from what you would see just as an independent contractor. As an independent contractor, you'd be solo, 
But in a direct sale arena, you're actually typically, that concept is, is you have a team opportunity to build. And I've done this with a few companies that are direct sale companies and have built nice businesses by developing teams and showing them how to do what I already know how to go do and that I'm already doing, which is providing products and services to people and then just sharing it and teaching other people how to do it and providing that same opportunity uh, for me has been very simple. So what you can do then is be tied to an independent contractor agreement, which is policies and procedures, uh, terms of agreement that are going to be established by the company. And then you can then offer that opportunity to other people. The company uh, will take care of all the, you know, manufacturing, facilitating the product line, the shipping, the handling, the accounting. No, you don't have to do employees or anything like that. So as a solopreneur, if you want to take that route, I highly recommend that as a route. All of these four areas are really good areas. You just need to know the ins and outs of what you're looking at here, okay? But again, as a direct sale person, you are a contractor for that company. So that means you have to abide by and follow their rules and, um, and make sure that you're, you're, you know, you're doing that. But you have a lot of independence to be able to go out and do what you want to go do. Now, the third area is franchise. Franchise is, I've owned franchises. I've owned a couple of franchises in the area of fitness. Here, you actually are acquiring a license to do business from the parent company. And you're actually creating an independent branch. A lot of times you're going to have, your typical franchise is going to have you know, boundary territorial type of restrictions. So, you know, if you start a franchise and um, you have a storefront and that storefront can't be necessarily penetrated by another storefront within a given distance. Um, but you got to understand, and it's a very, very, very extensive contract, has a lot of rules and regulations. Make sure you pay close attention before you get involved with a franchise. And I would hire an attorney if I were you, to help walk me through and understand that if you haven't done it before and to help you understand what type of an agreement that you're getting with that license from what's called the franchise or, um, or the owner or the developer of the company. And then as a franchisee, you have the ability to, um, um, you, what you're doing is you're using the conglomerate of resources that the company has and you actually pay them a royalty. Instead of them paying you a royalty, you are paying them a royalty to use their structure, to use their name, to use their image, their reputation, uh, their work practices, their management practices, their marketing, uh, the constant support that they may provide. And these are areas that you have to check out and understand before you go into business of owning and operating a franchise. It's a very different business model uh, than being an independent contractor and being a, and or being a direct sale person. So make sure that you go through that and understand it. But you can get started, but it's probably going to be a moderate investment. And you say, well, Matt, what's a moderate investment? <laughs> it's hard to say. Anywhere from a few thousand dollars on the very low end for a, say, cleaning business type of franchise all the way up to millions of dollars 
uh, for, say, a, a McDonald's, Burger King, Wendy's type of franchise, okay? So it just depends on what you're looking at. Now, uh, the last one, of course, number four is you have your own product, you have your own service, you have your own thing you want to go do. Uh, you can create value. Um, you can start your own business. That means you're going to incorporate. You're going to have to abide by all the tax laws. You're going to have to abide by all the rules and regulations that govern uh, your type of business that you're in, whether you're governed by the SEC or whether you're governed by the FTC or the FDA. You name it, you're going to have to go through that. And I highly recommend that you never start a business until you consult with some a, either a a, a known consultant in that arena, or B, uh, at the very least, you will probably want to have accountants and attorneys that are also involved with you so you can understand the tax implications and uh, the legal ramifications that you may be looking at. So the upside is, is you have the ability to call all the shots. You can create value uh, for your own business. So, you know, if you're doing 10 million a year in business, that's a valuation that you have for your own company and that's sellable uh, versus if you're an independent contractor and you're creating $10 million worth of business for an independent, you're probably not going to be able to sell that business for that price. So the downside of running your own business or de developing, taking your product and setting up your own company is you got to do everything. Everything is on your shoulders, so and it can be slow to get off the ground, and, and don't expect to make any money for the first few years uh, that you're putting back into your pocket. Everything has to be put back into more capital and more time to get off the ground. And as a warning, I might add this, <coughs> most people who start their own company, build their own company, are individuals who are paying everything out to employ everybody, and independent contractors, et cetera, and usually have very little left over for themselves for income. So be very careful of that, that that's truly what you wanna do because you might wanna go at it another way if you have a very unique concept or product or service and you're not really feeling comfortable about, <coughs> excuse me, about building your own business, perhaps you may wanna take your product, your idea, your concept, and uh, through an NDA, uh, you're, you may want to take it and license it to somebody as a, and, and earn a royalty off of it as opposed to actually setting up your own company and running everything that you need to do. A lot to be thinking about here in terms of building a business, but if you want the quickest way to get off the ground, independent contractor is by far, um, that and direct sales is by far the quickest way to start turning revenue and putting it back into your pocket. Uh, the, the, you know, and the next is probably franchise, depending on how that's structured out. And then the last is usually starting your own business, unless you just have something that you can pop out into the market and you can make, you know, make go uh, right from the get. All right. So anyway, I hope that's been of value for you today. Thank you so much for your time. Have a wonderful day and we'll talk very soon.